Part two, chapter thirteen of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sinkevich, translated by Benyon and Malevsky. Part two, chapter thirteen. Returning home through the forum on the evening of that day, Vinitius perceived at the entrance to the Tuscus quarter the gilded litter of Petronius, borne by eight Bithynians. He halted it by a signal of his hand, and approached the curtains. "'May thy dreams be pleasant!' he exclaimed, with a laugh at sight of Petronius asleep. "'Oh, is it thou?' cried petronius awaking true i have just dropped into a dream for i have spent the night at the palatine i merely came to purchase something to read at antium what is the news art thou shopping in the bookstores asked vinitius yes i wish to leave no disorder in my library so i am providing myself with a special supply for the journey some new works of musonius and of seneca may have come out i am seeking also for perseus and a certain edition of virgil's Ecologues, which i do not at present possess oh how weary i am how my hands ache from unrolling parchments when one is in a bookstore he is seized by curiosity to examine this and that i have been to the shops of avernus and of atractus on the argelitum and before that i visited the sozii in the sandalarius quarter by castor how sleepy i am thou wert on the palatine then i must ask thee what is the news or dost thou know here send thy litter home with the books and come to my house we will talk of antium or of other things tis well said petronius emerging from the litter thou must know that the day after to-morrow we set out for antium how could i know that in what world art thou living i see i shall be the first to bring thee news yes hold thyself in readiness for the morning of the day after to-morrow peas with olive oil have been of no avail a cloth on the back of the neck has been of no avail bronzebeard has grown hoarse so delay is no longer to be thought of he curses rome and its air by the foundations of the world gladly would he raise the city to the ground or destroy it with fire he longs for the sea as speedily as possible he says that the stenches which the wind blows from the narrow alleys will drive him into the grave to-day huge sacrifices were offered up in all the temples for the restoration of his voice woe to rome and especially to the senate if the gods do not grant this soon then wherefore should he go to achaea but doth our godlike caesar possess only one talent laughed petronius he would fain exhibit himself in the olympic games as a poet with his verses on the burning of troy as a charioteer as a musician as an athlete nay even as a dancer and in every role he will win all the garlands that have been bound for the victors knowest thou why that ape grew hoarse because yesterday the envy seized him to rival our paris in dancing and he danced for us the adventures of leda he perspired too freely and caught cold he was as wet and slimy as an eel just taken from the water he changed masks one after another he spun around like a spindle he tossed his arms like a drunken sailor it made me sick to gaze on that big belly and those thin legs paris had taught him for two weeks but picture to thyself bronzebeard as leda or as the god swan that was a swan indeed now he wants to come out in public with this pantomime first in antium and afterwards in rome 
people have already been shocked by his singing in public but a roman emperor coming out as a mime no that at least rome will not bear my beloved friend rome will bear anything the senate will even pass a vote of thanks to the father of his country then he added and the mob will be proud that caesar is its mountebank tell me cried vinitius can anything be more debased petronius shrugged his shoulders thou hast buried thyself in thine own home with thy thoughts of lygia and of the christians hence thou hast not heard what happened two days ago nero publicly married pythagoras nero was the bride dost not that seem that the full measure of madness has been surpassed the priests were invited and they came and solemnly performed the ceremony i was present i can stand a good deal but i confess that i thought that the gods if they exist should have given a sign but caesar believes not in the gods and he is right so in one and the same person he is the high priest a god and an atheist petronius laughed true that thought did not occur to me tis a combination never yet seen in the world but it must be added that this high priest who does not believe in the gods and this god who jests at gods is afraid of them in his quality of atheist that is proved by what happened in the temple of vesta what a world as the world is so is caesar but this cannot last long they had now entered the house of vinitius the latter cheerily called for supper then he turned to petronius no my beloved he said the world must be regenerated we at least will not regenerate it if but for this reason that man in these days of nero is but a butterfly he lives in the sunshine of favor and perishes at the first breath of cold even against his will by the son of maia more than once have i asked myself by what marvel has lucius saturninus for example been able to reach the age of ninety-three and outlived tiberius caligula and claudius but let that go wilt thou not send thy litter for eunice my desire for sleep has passed away let the lyrists appear at the supper afterwards we will converse about antium it is necessary to think of it especially for thee vinitius sent for eunice but he declared that he would not bother his head about the antium matter let those bother themselves who know no other way of living than in the sunshine of caesar's favor the world does not end on the palatine especially for such as have something else to occupy heart and soul he spoke with such indifference yet so cheerily and vivaciously that petronius was struck staring at his nephew he said what has happened to thee to-day thou art as one who wears a golden boss around his neck i am happy said vinitius i invited thee here in order to tell thee so what has happened something which i would not exchange for the roman empire he seated himself throwing his arm around the back of the chair and leaning his head on his arm he spoke with a face wreathed in smiles and a bright light in his eyes dost thou remember when we were together at the house of aulus plautius and when for the first time thou didst see the divine maiden whom thou thyself did call the morning star and the spring dost thou remember that psyche that incomparable one the most beautiful among virgins and among all your goddesses petronius stared at him wondering if the youth's wits had forsaken him how thou dost run on he said at last of course i remember lygia i am her betrothed said vinitius what vinitius sprang up and called his overseer 
summon the slaves to the last soul and be quick about it art thou her betrothed repeated petronius but before he had recovered himself the great hall of vinitius swarmed with men and women panting old men ran in together with men in the prime of life women boys and girls more were seeking to push their way in in the corridors were heard voices calling in many languages at length all formed themselves in rows along the walls and among the columns vinitius standing by the fountain turned to his freedman demas with the order all who have served twenty years in this house will present themselves to-morrow before the praetor where they will obtain their freedom all who have not served so long will each receive three pieces of gold and double rations during the week send orders to the dungeons in my villas that all punishments be remitted that the shackles be stricken from all prisoners and that every one be sufficiently fed know that this is a happy day for me and i wish joy to pervade in the house for a moment the slaves stood in awed silence they could hardly believe their own ears then all hands were uplifted simultaneously and a cry went up from all lips ah master ah ah vinitius waved them away with his hand though they would fain have fallen at his feet to thank him they hurried away at the signal and filled the house from basement to roof with their joyous voices to-morrow said vinitius i will summon them all into the garden where they will draw such figures as they choose in the ground those who draw a fish will receive their freedom at the hands of lygia petronius who was never affected permanently by anything now asked indifferently a fish ah yes i remember chilo told us it is a christian symbol he stretched out his hand to vinitius happiness always exists wherever a man sees it may flora strew flowers before thy feet for long years i wish thee all thou couldst wish thyself i thank thee for those wishes i had feared that thou wouldst seek to dissuade me and that as thou seest would be merely to lose time i dissuade thee not in the least on the contrary i tell thee thou art right ah turncoat cried vinitius joyously hast thou forgotten what thou didst say to me when we were returning from pomponia's house petronius answered coldly i do not but i have changed my opinion then he added my beloved friend everything changes in rome husbands change wives wives change husbands why may i not change my opinion it was a mere accident that nero did not marry actia for whom a royal lineage was invented for the purpose and why not he would have had an honest wife we an honest augusta by proteus and his barren wastes in the sea i shall change my opinion as often as i find it right or convenient as to lygia doubtless her lineage is more certainly royal than that of actia but when thou art in antium have a care for poppaea who is ruthless in her revenges i fear nothing not a hair of my head will be injured in antium if thou seekest to astonish me once more thou art mistaken but whence comes thy certainty the apostle peter assured me so ah the apostle assured thee there is no arguing against that but at least let me take certain precautions if only for the purpose of preventing the apostle peter from proving a false prophet for should the apostle peter by some mischance be mistaken he might lose thy confidence and thy confidence might be useful to the apostle peter in the future 
do as thou wilt but i confide in him if thou imaginest that thou wilt sway me by scoffing repetitions of his name thou art mistaken well one more question hast thou become a christian not yet but paul of tarsus accompanies me to expound the teachings of christ in the end i shall be baptized i do not accept what thou sayest that these teachings are enemies of life and happiness so much the better for thee and for lygia returned petronius then shrugging his shoulders he added as though to himself tis marvellous how clever these people are in making proselytes and how their sect is spreading yea replied vinitius with as much ardor as if he had been baptized there are thousands and tens of thousands in rome in other italian cities in greece and in asia there are christians in the legions and among the praetorians and in the very palace of caesar slaves and citizens profess the creed poor and rich plebeian and patrician knowest thou that some of the cornelii are christians that pomponia Graecina is a christian that actia is one yes it is a creed that wins the world it is the only thing that can regenerate it shrug not thy shoulders for who knows but that in a month or a year thou also mayest not accept it i said petronius no by the son of lethe i will not not even if it contains all human and divine truth and wisdom it would involve trouble and i hate trouble it would require self-denial and i would not deny myself anything in life in a nature like thine which resembles boiling water over a fire something of this sort might be expected but i have my gems my cameos my vases and my eunice i have no belief in olympus but i make one of my own on this earth i will blossom until the shafts of the divine archer pierce me or until caesar orders me to open my veins i am too fond of the odor of violets and the comforts of the dining-room i even have a fondness for our gods as rhetorical figures and for achaea whither i am now about to set out with our burly thin-legged incomparable godlike caesar the august the ever victorious the hercules of our time nero himself he grew hilarious at the very idea that it would be possible for him to accept the teachings of the galilean fishermen and hummed to himself with the green of the myrtle i circle my sword like harmodius and aristogiton he stopped short for eunice's arrival was now announced this was the signal for supper the musicians poured out harmony from their lyres vinitius now told of chilo's visit and how it had resulted in his going directly to the apostles he explained how the suggestion had arisen while chilo was being flogged petronius who had grown drowsy again woke up at this and said the suggestion was a good one if the result be good as to chilo i should have given him five pieces of gold but if thy choice were to flog him it were best that thou shouldst have flogged him to death for who knows whether the time may not come when the senators will bow before him as now they bow before our cobbler knight vatinius good night and removing his garland he and eunice made their preparations for departure when they had left vinitius went up into the library and wrote the following to lygia would that when thou openest thy beautiful eyes o divinity this letter might say to thee good morning it is with this hope i write though i will see thee to-morrow 
Caesar goes to Antium the day after tomorrow, and I, alas, must accompany him. Have I not explained to thee that a refusal would imperil my life? And at present I have no courage for death. But if thou wishest that I should not go, write me only a word, and I will remain. Twill be for Petronius to avert my peril. Today, the day of joy, I scattered guerdons among all my slaves. Those who had served twenty years in my house I will lead tomorrow to the praetor to give them their freedom. Thou, O beloved, must commend me for this, because it seems to me that this will be conformable to that kindly creed which thou professest, and also because I have done this for thy sake. I shall tell them to-morrow that they owe their freedom to thee, so that they may know whom to thank, and may praise thy name. I yield myself up to the bondage of joy and of thee. May I never know freedom. May Antium be cursed, together with Bronzebeard's journey. Thrice and four times happy am I that I am not as wise as Petronius, for then I should certainly be obliged to go to Achaea. Meanwhile the memory of thee will sweeten the separation. Whenever it is possible for me to leave, I will leap on a horse and hurry to Rome, to feast my eyes upon thy face, and my ears upon thy voice. When it is impossible, I will send thee a slave with a letter of inquiry about thee. I greet thee, O my divinity, and embrace thy feet. Be not angry that I call thee a divinity. If thou forbid, I will obey, but to-day I can do not otherwise. From thy future house I greet thee with my whole soul. End of Part 2, Chapter 13